Joe Biden's total corruption. Mr. Reagan. So Joe Biden's corruption is getting renewed interest in the media. Uh, notably the mainstream media and on the left. Uh, Part of this is due to congressional investigation. But the truth is that this stuff has been known for a very long time. You'll notice that a lot of YouTubers, a lot of uh, folks that normally cover politics pretty strictly, you know, we cover every topic that comes out of the news. A lot of people are pretty light on the Joe Biden revelations. Now, why is this? You know, some of the revelations are pretty interesting, especially the stuff about the bank accounts and, and, the, and the shell companies. That stuff's fascinating. I'd like to see this evidence coming out. But the reality is we've known about Joe Biden's corruption for a very long time. I think the most notable aspect of the new revelations is that the mainstream media is actually covering it now. Because the truth is we've known about Joe Biden's corruption since at least 2018, even before that. But in 2018, this book came out. Secret Empires by Peter Schweitzer. And in this book, he collects a lot of the information that's out there about Joe Biden's corruption. There are three chapters that uh, detail Joe Biden's corruption in China and Ukraine. And this was a long time before Joe Biden ran for president in 2020. So there was a long time for leftist journalists to go research this and find out about his corruption and a presidential candidate who is this corrupt. Well, that's a major news story. And the mainstream media just ignored it. Why? Because they wanted Joe Biden to be president. Why would they want that senile old lunatic to be president? Well, because he is the perfect puppet. Joe Biden is so compromised. He's been so corrupt for so long that people had total control over him. And that's what I think a lot of people in Washington, D.C. wanted. They wanted a president that they could control. And so, you know, the mainstream media, they all fell in line and they just did what they were told and they did not report the truth that they knew about. They knew about. And how do I know they knew about it? Because, yeah, an average Democrat voter isn't going to necessarily know about this stuff unless they hear about it in the media. But a journalist who covers politics as a job is going to know about this, right? Other journalists are going to talk about it. They're going to be aware of it. This was a New York Times best-selling book. This wasn't just some obscure book out there. Um, and if you want to know about Joe Biden's corruption, I highly, highly recommend buying this book, uh, Peter Schweitzer's Secret Empires. It is, it's actually a very good read. It's not that long of a book. And it doesn't cover just Joe Biden. It covers a lot of incredibly uh, sinister players in Washington, D.C. But we really care about Joe Biden right now for obvious reasons. Now, why is it that the mainstream media is finally accepting that Joe Biden is corrupt? Well, there's an election coming up, and I suspect that a lot of Democrats realize there is no way Joe Biden will ever beat Donald Trump in 2024. The man is senile. They hit him away in the basement in 2020. They had the mail-in voting on their side. They had ways that they were able to shift by hook or by crook uh, the election in their favor. I don't think they can do it in 2024. I don't think they think they could do it in 2024. And the fact that they're willing to throw Joe Biden under the bus finally, I think that's a strong indication that they no longer have faith in their ability to turn the election their way. However, that might have been done in 2020. But I'm going to read one chapter out of this book for you, just so you get a sense of what we knew in 2018. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, It's just uh, the beginning of the 
secret empire of Joe Biden. But I'll give you some sense of what we knew in 2018. That in one moment. First, of course, I have to sell you something. Reign in wealth like King Charles with a gold IRA from Noble Gold Investments. Just as King Charles's magnificent gold crown symbolizes wealth and power, a gold IRA can fortify your own financial kingdom. Imagine the confidence that comes from a retirement backed by a tangible proven asset, gold. An asset that's not at the mercy of unpredictable market swings. A crown may not be included, but isn't a future free of financial stress a worthy throne? Like royalty, enjoy the luxury of choice. Gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, the realm is yours to command. Fend off concerns about economic downturns and let your wealth thrive with the timeless security of precious metals. This month, the first solid one-fourth ounce gold standard bullion coin ever issued with Charles III's image can be yours with your own qualifying IRA or 401k rollover of $50,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Call Noble Gold at 877-646-5347 to get started today or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. All right, I'm not going to read you this entire chapter, but I'm going to read quite a lot of it. This chapter is entitled American Princelings two sons, and a roommate. Joe Biden and John Kerry have been pillars of the Washington establishment for more than 30 years. Biden is one of the most popular politicians in our nation's capital. His demeanor, sense of humor, and even his friendly gaffes have allowed him to form close relationships with both, both Democrats and Republicans. His public image is built around his lunch bucket Joe persona. As he reminds the American people on regular occasion, he has little wealth to show for his career despite having reached the vice presidency. That is, as we shall see, a big lie. One of his closest political allies in Washington is former Senator and uh, former Secretary of State John Kerry. Lunch bucket Joe, he ain't. Uh, Kerry is more patrician than earthly. But the two men became close while serving for several decades together in the U.S. Senate. The two often talked on matters of foreign policy, says Jules Whitcover in his Biden biography. When John Kerry was the Democrat nominee for president in 2004, Biden had been on the shortlist as his running mate. It was widely believed that if Kerry had won in November, he would have selected Biden as his secretary of state. So their sons going into business together in 2009 was not exactly a bolt out of the blue. But with whom their sons cut lucrative deals while the elder two were steering the ship of the state is more of a surprise. What Hunter Biden, the son of America's vice president, and Christopher Hines, the stepson of the chairman of the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, later to be Secretary of State, were creating was an international private equity firm. It was anchored by the Hines Family Alternative Investment Fund Rosemont Capital. The new firm would be populated by political loyalists and positioned to strike profitable deals overseas with foreign governments and officials with whom the U.S. government was negotiating. So they had positioned this company to strike deals with foreign governments with whom Biden and John Kerry were negotiating U.S. foreign policy. That's the, that's the problem there. And again, 2018, we knew about this. Uh, we knew about it even before that, but that's when it was compiled. The information was compiled by Peter Schweitzer here in this book. So I'm going to skip a section here, but basically it says that uh, Hunter Biden and Chris Hines teamed up together to form Rosemont. Okay. By the summer of 2009, the 39-year-old Hunter Biden joined forces with the son of another powerful figure in American politics, Chris Hines. Senator John Hines of Pennsylvania had tragically died in a 1991 airplane crash when Chris was 18. Chris, his brothers, and his mother inherited a large chunk of the family's vast ketchup fortune, including a network of investment funds and a Pennsylvania estate, among other properties. In May, his mother, Teresa, married Senator John Kerry of Massachusetts. So Chris Hines is John Kerry's stepson. So those two were friends, Hunter Biden and 
Chris Hines were buddies, and they started this Rosemont Seneca venture. Joining them in the Rosemont venture was Devin Archer, a longtime Hines and Kerry friend. He had been roommates with Chris at Yale and proved himself to be more than Chris's wingman by emerging as a star fundraiser for Senator John Kerry's uh, 2004 presidential campaign. The trunk of the tree was Rosemont Capital, the alternative investment fund of the Heinz family office. Rosemont Farm is the name of the Heinz family's 90-acre estate outside Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania. The small fund grew quickly, according to an email revealed as part of a Securities and Exchange Commission SEC investigation. Rosemont describes themselves as a $2.4 billion private equity firm co-owned by Hunter Biden and Chris Hines, with Devin Archer as managing partner. The partners attached several branches to the Rosemont Capital Trunk, including Rosemont Seneca Partners LLC, Rosemont Seneca Tech technology partners and rosemont realty of the various deals in which these rosemont entities were involved one of the largest and most troubling concerns rosemont seneca partners over the next seven years as both joe biden and john Kerry negotiated sensitive and high stakes deals with foreign governments rosemont entities secured a series of exclusive deals often with those same foreign governments some of the same deals they secured may remain hidden these rosemont entities are after all within a private equity firm and as such are not required to report or disclose their financial dealings publicly some of their transactions are nevertheless traceable by investigating world capital markets a troubling pattern emerges from this research showing how profitable deals were struck with foreign governments on the heels of crucial diplomatic missions carried out by their powerful fathers nowhere is that more true than in their commercial dealings with Chinese government-backed enterprises. Doing business in China often entails having the right connections and relationships. Simply having the right family name can be an enormous benefit to getting deals. Unlike in the West, in China, surnames appear first. Political connections are especially important. Despite outward signs of a freewheeling capitalist economy, Chinese government officials still wield great power that can make or break a deal. And it goes on to say that J.P. Morgan actually hired the children of government officials uh, in their Chinese offices in order to sort of uh, grease the wheels of, uh, of negotiation in China. And they were actually fined for this. They were charged with violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act by U.S. officials. But the thing is, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act does not prevent foreign entities from hiring or doing special deals with the children of American officials. So it only goes one way. Probably should go both ways. Whatever the case, the fact remains that those prospering the most in China are often the relatives of powerful officials, especially their children. These people are called princelings. They call them princelings. The princelings have become a powerful source of deal-making in a country where familial ties matter. Having the proper connections or family ties in China is so important that there is a word for it, guanqi. This is a word that describes the system of social networks that facilitate business in China. The word means more than its literal English translation of connection or relationship because those words do not capture the power of mutual obligation, reputation, and trust that are central to guanqi. Having guanqi refers to a certain weightiness of the people involved and with whom they are ultimately associated. While guanqi in business and personal matters may be a noble cultural practice, when it involves American politicians and their families whose weightiness comes from their elected office, guanqi crosses the line into corruption. Such was the case when Rosemont Seneca joined forces in doing business in China with another politically connected consultancy called the Thornton Group. The Massachusetts-based firm is headed by James Bulger, the nephew of notorious mob hitman White, uh, James Whitey Bulger. Whitey was the leader of the Winter Hill Gang, part of the South Boston Mafia. Under indictment for 19 murders, he disappeared. 
He was later arrested, tried, and convicted. Less than a year after opening Rosemont Seneca's doors, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were in China, having secured access at the highest levels. Thornton Group's account of the meeting on their Chinese-language website is telling. Chinese executives extend their warm welcome to the Thornton Group with its U.S. partner, Rosemont Seneca chairman Hunter Biden, second son of the now Vice President Joe Biden. The purpose of the meeting was to explore the possibility of commercial cooperation and opportunity. Curiously, details about the meeting do not appear on their English language website. Uh, according to the Thornton Group, the three Americans met with the largest and most powerful government fund leaders in China, even though Rosemont was both new and small. To put these meetings in perspective, it was as if the son of the Chinese premier held a single meeting with the heads of Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, and Blackstone. Except in this case, these were government entities with trillions of dollars of capital to invest. The delegates spent two days meeting with the top executives from China's Sovereign Wealth Fund, Social Security Fund, and largest banks. Hunter posed with them for a series of pictures. The timing of this meeting was also curious. It occurred just hours before Hunter Biden's father, the vice president, met with Chinese President Hu in Washington as part of the Nuclear Security Summit. There was a second known meeting with many of the same Chinese financial titans in Taiwan in May 2011. For a small firm like Rosemont Seneca with no track record, it was an impressive level of access to China's largest financial players. And it was just two weeks after Joe Biden had opened up the U.S.-China strategic dialogue with Chinese officials in Washington. On one of the first days of December 2013, Hunter Biden was jetting across the vast expanse of the Pacific Ocean aboard Air Force Two with his father and his daughter Finnegan. The, the vice president was heading to Asia on an extended official trip. Tensions in the region were on the rise. The American delegation was visiting Japan, China, and South Korea, but it was the visit to China that had the most potential to generate conflict and controversy. The Obama administration had instituted the Asia pivot in its international strategy, shifting attention away from Europe and toward Asia where China was flexing its muscles. Before the plane took off, Beijing had unilaterally declared a new air defense zone over disputed territories in the East China Sea. Other countries, notably Japan and South Korea, also laid claim to this territory. The area was reportedly rich in energy and natural resources, making it a valuable economic prize. The Chinese move was a declaration of sovereignty requiring international airlines to register their flights with the Chinese military before flying over the disputed territory. Biden's visit was under scrutiny across Asia. For Hunter Biden, the trip coincided with a major deal that Rosemont Seneca was striking with the state-owned Bank of China. From his perspective, the timing could not have been better. Before China, they briefly stopped in Japan. The vice president held a series of meetings with the Japanese deputy prime minister and members of the Japanese parliament. Later, he met with the Japanese crown prince and finally dined with Japanese prime minister Abe. Japan was concerned about the Chinese move, but uh, Biden said very little on the subject publicly. What he did say did not placate Japan. He voiced concern about China's air defense zone, but did not call for a reversal. On Wednesday, December 4th, the delegation flew on to Beijing, where the heavy lifting was expected to take place. Vice President Biden, Hunter Biden, and Finnegan arrived to a red carpet and a delegation of Chinese officials greeted by Chinese children carrying flowers. The delegation was then whisked to a meeting with Vice President Li Yongchao and then talks with President Xi Jinping. As he chatted with uh, Vice President Li, Biden explained how he saw the world 
The Beijing-Washington axis was the, quote, central sort of organizing principle of international relations. It was a view that was warmly and eagerly welcomed by Beijing. Biden spent five and a half hours in conversation with President Xi. They covered every single topic in the U.S.-China relationship, as one senior administration official described it. Despite the recent Chinese action of declaring a defense zone in the East China Sea, the subject did not dominate the talks. Indeed, Biden never even publicly mentioned the defense zone during his visit. This trip was all about practical cooperation. Biden was hoping, in the words of White House officials, to build a different kind of relationship for the 21st century. As one regional observer put it, a somber and retired Biden couldn't break the ice except by urging Beijing to exercise caution and restraint in policing the zone to avoid accidents and miscalculations. In the end, the United States allowed its commercial carriers to comply with China's requirements for flight information to the dismay and disappointment of Japan. Hunter and Finnegan Biden joined the vice president for tea with U.S. Ambassador Gary Locke at the Liu Zhongguang Tea House in the Dongsheng district of Beijing, where Hunter Biden spent the rest of his time on the trip remains largely a mystery. There are actually more reports of his daughter Finnegan's activities than his. One of the few public sightings of Hunter Biden occurred after that tea when Vice President and his son, along with uh, granddaughter Finnegan, halted the motorcade and began walking along the south side of the shopping street. With the world's media in tow, they emerged a few minutes later with the vice president holding a magnum ice cream bar. The picturesque visit to the shop and the deep diplomatic significance of the visit were widely reported by the Chinese and world media. What was not reported was the deal that Hunter was securing. Rosemont Seneca Partners had been negotiating an exclusive deal with Chinese officials, which they signed approximately 10 days after Hunter visited China with his father. The most powerful financial institution in China, the government's Bank of China, was setting up a joint venture with Rosemont Seneca. Ten days after Hunter Biden left China with his father, Rosemont Seneca and the Bank of China created an investment fund called a Bohai Harvest RST, a name that reflected who was involved. Bohai, the innermost gulf of the Yellow Sea, was a reference to the Chinese stake in the company. The RS referred to Rosemont Seneca. The T was Thornton. The fund enjoyed an unusual and special status in China. BHR touted its unique Sino-US shareholding structure and the global resources and network that allowed it to secure investment opportunities. Funds were backed by the Chinese government. In short, the Chinese government was literally funding a business that it co-owned, along with the sons of two of America's most powerful decision makers. The deal was remarkable. Rosemont Seneca was getting something for the first time that no other Western firm had in China, a private equity cross-border investment fund formed in the Chinese government's Shanghai Free Trade Zone. The Shanghai Free Trade Zone has been established only months earlier by the Chinese government's state council and personally championed by China's prime minister, Li Keqiang. Why, with all of the financial firms doing business in China that had far more experience, a larger footprint, and a history of doing deals there, did the Chinese government pick Rosemont Seneca. Why indeed? The advantages that Biden and Heinz's firm got were enormous, along with the Chinese government uh, capital to invest by operating from the Shanghai Free Trade Zone. They could take Chinese government funds and invest there or take them out of the country and invest them in the United States or elsewhere. No one else had such an arrangement in China. Rosemont Seneca was essentially first in the line. The Chinese government's deal in December 2013 with the sons of America's vice president and secretary of state occurred in lockstep with aggressive territorial claims it was making in the Pacific. Eli Ratner, writing in Foreign Affairs, described how in early 2014, China's efforts to assert authority over the South China Sea went from a trot to a gallop. Chinese ships began massive dredging projects to reclaim land around seven reefs that 
China already controlled in the Spratly Islands, an archipelago in the sea's southern half. In an 18-month period, China reclaimed nearly 3,000 acres of land, contrary to assurances by the Chinese President Xi Jinping that they had no intention to militarize the South China Sea. Beijing began rapidly transforming its artificial islands into advanced military bases replete with airfields, runways, ports, and anti-aircraft and anti-missile systems. In short order, China had laid the foundation for control of the South China Sea. The Rosemont Seneca deal was lucrative for the Bidens and Kerry's stepson and appears on behalf of the Chinese government strategically timed to go along with China's aggressive territorial claims. But it was not the only deal that occurred at this critical time. The following year, in 2024, Secretary of State John Kerry arrived in Beijing for a series of sensitive high-level meetings with Chinese government officials. As the Washington Post put it, Chinese and U.S. relations were in a downward spiral. Kerry was there as part of the so-called Strategic and Economic Dialogue, which had been erected to provide a forum to hash out tough diplomatic, commercial, and military issues between the two rivals. Auspiciously, the deal between his stepsons Rosemont Seneca and the Bank of China had been inked several months earlier. As the Secretary of State was engaged in high-stakes secret discussions with his Chinese counterparts in Beijing, other private commercial discussions were being held with Chinese officials. These talks did not involve the U.S. government. A former subsidiary of a Chinese government company that was close to the Chinese military was beginning discussions with another Rosemont entity. The Chinese company Gemini Investments was interested in purchasing Rosemont Realty, a firm controlled by John Kerry's stepson and whose leadership included Hunter Biden and close Kerry advisor Devin Archer. At this important diplomatic juncture in U.S. Chinese relations, with so much at stake in military, diplomatic, and economic terms, a Chinese government-connected company was looking to become business partners yet again with the families of America's Secretary of State and Vice President. The eye-popping multi-billion dollar deal that would result a year later would make those connected to the company a lot of money and raise serious questions about a massive conflict of interest. To run Rosemont Realty, Heinz, Archer, and Biden tapped another close carry carry confidant to run the day-to-day operations. They tasked fellow Yale graduate Daniel Burrell with building the real estate business from the ground up. In 2009, Burrell ventured out to the foothills of North Central New Mexico to set up Rosemont Realty's corporate headquarters. He settled into a building in the state capital Santa Fe on historic Garfield Street near the rail yard, a cultural hub in the center of the city. This is interesting. Rosemont put the mayor of Santa Fe on their payroll which is legal in New Mexico, WTF. Within a year, the company had purchased the state's largest commercial real estate company, BGK, which had a $1.5 billion commercial real estate portfolio. As Burrell describes it, he was soon jetting around looking for trophy buildings in several states. Within a matter of the next four years, the company accumulated office buildings from the southwest to New England. Rosemont Realty erected regional offices outside their headquarters in Albuquerque, Atlanta, Dallas, Denver, Houston, New York, Peoria, Arizona, San Antonio, Washington, D.C., and Tulsa. And then he goes on to establish just how connected Gemini Investments was to the Chinese government. And if you want to... Uh, have a full detailed accounting of that, I I suggest buying the book. I'm not going to go through it. It's a bit tedious, but uh, yeah, they are connected to strongly to the uh, Chinese government. It's essentially a Chinese government controlled investment firm. So when you navigate your way through the ownership of Rosemont entities in the United States and Gemini Investments, it becomes strangely clear that a company connected to the sons of the vice president and secretary of state was negotiating to secure a deal with a company whose ties could be traced back to the fifth arm of the Chinese Navy. It would be the second large and profitable deal that the son of the vice president and the stepson and friends of John Kerry would strike with Chinese government-connected companies 
as both statesmen were negotiating with Beijing. In short, as Secretary of State John Kerry and Vice President Joe Biden were engaged in sensitive high-stakes negotiations with the Chinese government, their son's companies were cutting yet another deal with a company connected to the Chinese government. And then it says Kerry was uh, criticized for being soft on China during his tenure as Secretary of State. By December 2014, Gemini was negotiating and sealing deals with Chris Hines's and Hunter Biden's Rosemont on several fronts. That month, Gemini bought out the Rosemont Opportunities Fund II, an offshore investment vehicle run by Rosemont for $34 million. Larger deals would follow. By August, Rosemont Realty announced that Gemini Investments was buying a 75% stake in the company. It was the second major deal Rosemont struck with China in just 18 months. The terms of the deal included a $3 billion commitment from the Chinese who were eager to purchase new U.S. properties. Rosemont Realty was rechristened Gemini Rosemont. Rosemont, with its comprehensive real estate platform and superior performance history, was precisely the investment opportunity Gemini Investments was looking for in order to invest in the U.S. real estate market, declared Ling Mi, Sino-Ocean Land Holdings Limited and Gemini Investments chairman. We look forward to a strong and successful partnership. The plan was to use Chinese money to acquire more properties in the United States. We see great opportunity to continue acquiring high-level real estate in the U.S. market, one company executive said. The possibilities for this venture are tremendous. So, during a critical 18-month period of diplomatic negotiations between Washington and Beijing, the Biden and Kerry family and friends pocketed major cash from companies connected to the Chinese government. The consequences of those deals are as surprising as the fact that they were conducted in the first place. And that is just one chapter in this book. So... Again, we knew. We knew about Biden's corruption in 2018. We all knew. I reported on this on my show. Everybody was reporting on it. And the mainstream media just turned a blind eye. They did not care. They knew about it. They did not care. Uh, They wanted Joe Biden to win. Somebody decided, I can control Joe Biden, or we can control Joe Biden. So we're going to get him elected. And they told the media, you do not talk about this. We are going all in on Joe Biden. And the media just went, okay. They just went along with it. But they knew. They knew. They couldn't not know. Okay. And so they did not just ignore this story. They covered it up. This is a major scandal in the United States. The fact that they're just reporting it now is ridiculous. And they're only doing it because they know in 2024, Joe Biden cannot beat Donald Trump. And so they want to get him out. And it's possible that Joe Biden will face charges of some kind. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to find or how they're going to deal with this. But I predict that the scandal will cause Joe Biden to step out of the race. I I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's planned. And I think that that's what's going to occur. Somebody else will step in. I'm going to guess that it's going to be Gavin Newsom, but it could be Kamala Harris. I don't know how Kamala Harris could possibly win, but I'm going to guess Gavin Newsom. He's probably the most likely guy to step in and try to win it for the Democrats. And uh, to me, he's their best shot. To me, Gavin Newsom is the best shot. So that's my prediction of what's going to happen. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Again, you know, you know, somebody clip this, and if I'm wrong, you know, say, Mr. Reagan, you were wrong. But if I'm right, clip it and go, Mr. Reagan, you are a genius. Uh, maybe I'm a genius. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, it it seems like this stuff's finally, finally getting a little bit more of a broad exposure. Shame that it didn't happen in 2020. I mean, everybody needed to know about this stuff. You know, Trump probably should have uh, talked about a little bit more on the campaign trail. Joe Biden is totally corrupt. I mean, he talked about Ukraine. There's a whole chapter on Ukraine in here. That's how I learned about all the Ukraine stuff. And I made my Ukraine videos. But uh, yeah, uh, now the China stuff is coming out and they've even got um, records of, you know, Biden taking bribes from 
Romania, a Romanian criminal in particular. And uh, I, I think this is a, a terrible scandal. You know, I think that this is a big, big deal. Uh, the fact that the media just ignored this and covered it up for years. Anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much that is not so. Good night. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs>